welcome to episode 149 of the two on three podcast where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes you should follow us at two on three pod on twitter and you can send us email at hello at two on three pod.com you know how much we love to hear from you i'm chris and i'm celebrating my national golf championships at cd villa senor on twitter and with me per usual is ty where can we find you flaunting your trophies on social media I'm too old to win trophies these days. <laughs> I haven't won a golf tournament in like 10 years. <laughs> so, so none of that, but I'm on Twitter at S-E-A-T-J-K. I have to sort of laugh about this whole... So this last week, my daughter and I won a national championship in golf. Hilariously so. In that the, the LPGA National Girls... LPGA Girls Golf National has okay. this, had this thing called a virtual scramble. So because we had a virtual scramble, um, um, we had an actual scramble for um, a local for the WJGA where you can play with whomever you want. But I played with my daughter. So I figured, oh, we'll donate money to LPGA Girls Golf and enter our score into the national into the national virtual scramble. Okay, And we won. (laughs) (laughs) which is hilarious and it's just just the funniest thing i just you know i think there were probably like 20 or 25 people entered into the national scramble but only like half a dozen people submitted scores (laughs) and we slid in we slid in number one (laughs) hilarious so so the the local first tea chapter i was talking to the director who i know and he's like oh dude we gotta put that we gotta we gotta put that in the newsletter so, so I said, okay, fine. And I sent him the thing and I sent him a picture and it just hilariously blew up in the sort of the local junior golf thing. So it was on my Facebook. It got like 200 likes. It just was, it, it's really funny because, Hey, we're now, and then it, and then it got to like some other thing. And then it finally, my daughter comes down earlier this evening. She's like, I'm going to have you killed now. I'm like, okay, what? She said her band director in high school sent out, sent it out to the band, like the high school band, um, Facebook group. She's like, dad, you're killing me. I'm like, it's hilarious. I can't, I just think it's the funniest thing. So national champ. I'm a national champion. I'm a golf national champion. Were they carrying odds on that in Vegas? <laughs> yeah, we were long odds. We yeah. would have made, yeah, we had a, a field. I believe, I believe that's where we would have been. Would have been field bet. That's anyway. awesome. Well, congratulations so, on your title. <laughs> thank you. We, we are the reigning LPGA Girls Golf National Virtual Scramble Champions. You should get two shirts made and give them to your daughter for Christmas. <laughs> She would throw them in the garbage. Yes, yes. No, yeah, that and should force be her to take them. an additional picture that she then post. <laughs> Christmas themed national champion shirts. Zero percent, zero point zero zero percent chance of that flying. You but should anyway. do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on tonight's show, um, transitioning off national championships. Um, maybe transitioning toward national championships. We're going to help South Korea figure some uh, some policies out regarding regarding um, their military. Um, we're doing the sequel to the the best pre kill one liners from last week. Now we're transitioning to best post kill 
some are some are like the pre and the post. Like it's a, this like the same quote. It just keeps running. Like there's in certain that, cases, yes. Yeah, it's just like being quippy right before the murder and then right after the murder, still feeling jocular. <laughs> right. In fact, more. It seems like there's many more after the kill quotes. Well, I mean, both lists were top 100 that we worked from, but this seemed much more difficult to choose our our top five. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and then uh, then we're gonna help again. We're just gonna we're just gonna help people figure out their COVID risks because that's what we're doing. We're 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 We've been on the on the COVID beat all year. We're stay on the COVID beat. Everyone's on the goddamn COVID beat. <laughs> Transitioning, of course, to the Jatwa, the the soon to be the soon to be over the Jatwa. We're down yep, last to the, month. We're down to the we're down to the bitter end here, and uh, and then we'll in the OT we'll visit a little bit of the sweet science. But I uh, like it. Yeah, but before we get going, um, you you pass this along to me, but. A fan actually had a gripe with the NFL commissioner regarding the the bird battle the other day between the uh, the Seahawks and the Eagles. Would you, yes. like to, would you like to pricey it for us? Yeah, so there was Monday Night Football game uh, between the Seahawks and the Eagles. It was a really weird game, and then it was like the Seahawks were in control the whole time but only ended up winning by six points because that's what they do. Um, the spread in many places was six and a half. And that matters, obviously, only to a certain handful of people, although like 95% of the action on this game was on the Seahawks. So uh, for, the, for the Eagles to get the, the back door of all backdoor covers, um, you know, it, a lot of people were upset. And this, this gentleman decided to write the commissioner because he felt that things were untoward. And, and to your point, he's got a point. He has a point. And the reason he has a point is because very late in the game, the Eagles score on a basically a fluke touchdown where they throw it into the end zone. It rattles around and a guy snags it with one hand. All right, it's these not, things it's happen. Not, it, it's not a Hail Mary if it's done like two and a half touchdowns, <laughs> two touchdowns down and and with two minutes left on the clock. But I mean, they were still only, you know, they were still only down what? Eight. Right. No, before the score. Oh, they were down. They were down 14. Yeah, so it, I mean, it, it's a hail mary in the sense that it's their last chance. They're gonna have to get an onside kick as well, right? And and there's less than two minutes to play, but then they inexplicably go for two. So there's no reason to go for two in that situation because they would have gone to being um, if they get the the touchdown, they go twenty three fifteen, and then you're down eight. Well, cutting it to seven is fine. Cutting it to six makes no sense at all because you're only gonna get one more possession. So cutting it yep. to six. I guess maybe you give yourself some chance to score and push it to overtime if you miss an extra point. It's Even the analytics don't really support going for two in this situation. And so this gentleman basically spells it out in this letter, um, which is very well thought out and polite. It's not, you know, it's, it's a little, it's a little absurd as you, as you would expect, but uh, absolutely no reason to go for two there. It's the most absurd backdoor cover between the combination of the, the you know, the pseudo Hail Mary and the two point conversion. And if you lost money, you have every right to be upset because this man let uh, you know he basically alleges that uh, that he feels like there was gambling influence on the game. First of all, I don't think there's any question there's gambling influence on this game. On play calling? No. Here's the deal. All right. right. Doug Peterson, the coach of the Eagles, absolutely knows what the cover is. <laughs> I, I, you can't if he said if he came into a press conference and said oh, I had I had no reason I had I had no way I didn't had I didn't realize we were we were a uh, you know we had to, we were you know minus six and a half <laughs> right mm-hmm. it's like he knows exactly they're minus six and a half he absolutely knows 
It makes me wonder if there's like a performance writer in his contract that talks specifically about performance against the spread. You know, and so the only reason, I mean, and this person's right. The only reason, there's no football reason to go for two there. No. There's only a gambling reason. And Sherlock Holmes will tell you that when you eliminate the impossible, whatever is left over, however improbable, is the truth. And that's the truth. He knew he, he knew a two-point conversion there covers. He gives his fan base a chance to cover their bets. It's there's a bit no, like... Yeah, go ahead. I don't think there's any question about it. Yeah, it's a bit like being feeling like empowered to run around the globe, you know, committing election fraud on behalf of your boss when you sort of know you're not going to have to pay any price for it down the road. Sure. I mean, Maybe he, you had some safety blankets, some security net to your, you know, to your actions. You didn't right. need to worry about it. Right. Exactly. It's nothing like that. It's nothing like that. But Peterson has nothing to lose here, right? He is like, I'm, I'm, we're going to lose this game. If I can give my fan base a cover here, it at least takes some heat off me. They're going to say, they lost, but I didn't lose my, I, I won the bet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not for me. See, if I, it was me, it been, I would have been mad because I, I was the king of the emotional hedge back when we could gamble online here. Uh-huh. And I'd be like, well, I think we're going to lose, so I'm going to bet against us. But then if we win and I lose my bet, I'm fine. If we lose and I win my bet, I also feel good. So <laughs> Doug Peterson would have screwed me personally if the you know circumstances were a little bit different. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and I know you don't. I know you want nothing to do with Dave Portnoy or anything that. His, but his reaction to that cover, to that to to that bad beat, was amazing. He couldn't have been more pissed. Good. And he sort of. I like just, it when bad things happen to bad people. <laughs> I'm entertained by Portnoy, but. Um, Man, he he did. He went he went nuts. It was really funny. <laughs> All right, let's go to segment number one. So South Korea, lovely country. Um, Have you been to the airport? Okay. <laughs> but my wife spent some time there. She really loved it. Um, but the uh, but they have this policy for young men in that particular in culture who if you're a citizen of South Korea you have to serve 18 months of a minimum of 18 months of military time uh, before you before you turn 20 28 yes before your 28th birthday um, it is a law and there are some exceptions for certain like medical workers and other other things specialized specialized professions that can't that can't get away but if you're a regular person you know you just have to serve your military servants mm-hmm. this week the prime minister is he a prime minister the president oh he's a president yes uh, moon jay-in signed a bill that passed by an overwhelming 268 to two vote to exempt Famous entertainers such as the mega hit boy band BTS from serving in the Korean military. Now, first of all, I don't think you want to deny the Korean military this elite fighting force of <laughs> of, of 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 young men. They they seem ready to strap on the AK and you know and head for the head for the front lines, but. Um, but I like I like the fact that there are two people in the in the whatever in the voting in the voting block are like nope, not for BTS. Now, what like, do you what? What, what do you think here? Well, so I have so um, Jin is his name, right? Kim Sok Jin. Well, I, I, with the Korean names, I'm always doing getting it wrong because. 
They do theirs reverse from us. Yes, it is surname, first name. Right. So his his name is, he goes by Jin. Okay. He's going to be 28 um, in 367 days. Yeah. So if the law as it exists requires you to have served for a minimum of 18 months prior to your 28th birthday, he's been in violation of the law for six months because there's sure. no way he was going to hit the deadline. Right. So I, I, I need more information about how he was at what point, like how come six months ago they weren't like, well, they were just like pandemic. We're putting it on pause. I mean, what, but, what's the plan here that he doesn't have to do or it? We're on tour. Like we're somewhere else. Like, yeah, it come, just seems come, like they come and get me. <laughs> they should have already run into this, right? The obviously BTS is making some wild amounts of money at this point. Yes, and so money absolutely talks here. And and we would and there and does it make sense to like to have these to have this you know this pop group just continue to do pop and just be a a good feeling for for South Korea. I mean, they, they do serve a, a, a purpose. I mean, you know, they South Korea is on a roll, right? I mean, the, the most popular music act in the world, two of them, right? Who's, there's, a, there's a female band, uh, the Blackpink. Yes. Black, Blackpink, they're in your area. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh so and then BTS and then, you know, the Oscar for best, you know, best movie last year was Korean film. I mean, Korea's on a roll. Like there's no question. David about it. Chang won a million dollars on Celebrity Who Wants to Be a Millionaire just two days ago. Right, right. Samsung. I mean, the whole thing. I mean, the, like, Korea is Korea. Korea. I guess they they don't want. I guess this might feel like a bit of a black eye, right? Like it might feel like a little bit of a, like should we should we should we derail the careers of our absolutely most popular export at this point in their lives. Because eighteen months in boy band time is a life can be a lifetime, right? I think yeah. you know, they're obviously very popular, but if you took if you took them out of circulation for eighteen months, they they'd never make it back. Well, it's I, I mean the fact that this this one is already twenty eight. It's like all right, well, it's about time to wrap it up then, isn't it? <laughs> there's still money. There's still money on the table though. So you know, it, it reminds me of um, again we. We have the, the wonderful gift of being able to bring everything back to golf. But there was a, a really talented golfer named Sang Moon Bay, or Bay mm-hmm. Sang Moon, if you'd like to. Right. You know, if, you, if, you, if you want to go full on Korean here. But Sang Moon Bay was good. He won a couple times on the PGA Tour. He certainly won a number of times in, in Asia. Um, and uh, and he, got, he got caught up in this. Like he was, sure. he was, he was doing really well. And um, in 2014, they made him go. They made him. They made him quit playing professional golf, serve in the military for 18 months, and he hasn't made it back since. No, so, he hasn't made it back to the PGA well, Tour. No, he's not. He's he hasn't. He certainly hasn't. I think he's trying to get back in, but he won twice in the like the 18 months prior to him having to leave the tour. And so, he ain't made it back to that level. I mean, we haven't we haven't seen much of we haven't seen much of Sang Moon Bay lately. Well, I mean, we had a couple of years ago, um, No Song Yu, right? He was uh, he won a couple of times, or, yeah. or or was or dip, and he went. He just got finished. He just came back to the tour this year. Yeah. So, so he obviously was able to maintain his exemption. I don't know how that works. 
I, I guess, I mean, maybe the PGA isn't entirely heartless. <laughs> but I did, so, so sticking with our golfers, because I know them, I just know them better, but Sung Jae-im, right? He is still pretty young. He's like 21. But he, right. But he had mentioned at one point that if you win an Olympic medal, you are exempt from serving this military thing. Okay. So he was he was totally geared up to play in Tokyo um, this year, but obviously the the Olympics have been delayed till next year. But he is like pushing his chips all in. <laughs> like I guess he is looking to peak in Tokyo next summer because it means so much. It's more than just a. It's just it's 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 not just a, a gold medal or a, an Olympic medal. It is an exemption that may save his career. Right. Which is it's a it's a funny thing to think about, but um, but yeah, I think I think I think you know they could just put they could just get they could just draft all of BTS into the into the military, put them in military uniforms, and just as their assignment, just send them all over the world singing. <laughs> I was about to get there. I was like, can't we do a USO type thing? Right. Where right. that's your you know yes, basically your propaganda. That's that's your right. job. And then the military gets to keep all their money since they're serving in the military. It serves a double purpose. The military becomes their their record production company, <laughs> and they can just go around the world singing. But but what else? What what else should people we should, what what else we should if if you and I were running South Korea right now, what what other exemptions might we might, might you think about like cooking like an Olympic medal gets you exempted, um, mm-hmm. a Nobel Prize, <laughs> like a top level like a top level prize like a like a like one of the the, what do they call them? The egots. If you get, if you grab an egot at some at some point, you have to go all the way across. You've got to get all the no, awards. No, one of them. One of the P, or even the P got. I'll put the Pulitzer in there. So if you can win the Pulitzer, an Emmy, a Tony, an Oscar, or a Grammy, I think I think we exempt you. You're good. Olympic medal, a world championship of any kind. Well, I like mean, a, I don't know about those awards. This highly questionable <laughs> voting practices. <laughs> you think they're going to fix that just so you could like not serve in the military? Is that what you're telling me? Sure. We're gonna or you somebody. don't get it, right? Like, I always think it's unfair to athletes when they, like, have uh, uh, compensation tied to postseason awards that are, di- like, voted on by the media. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, the reporters don't like you, so you're not going to get this $5 million. Right, the MVP. Like, if I was, if I was um, let's say, if for golf... If you win the if you win the Korean Tour Championship, we exempt you. Like I would exempt you for that, or like a national championship of your sport. But then you have to sort of draw the line, right? Like what sports count, what sports don't. <laughs> like tennis, okay, we'll give it that. Uh, track and field, if you, but I I would want the track. I'd want the fastest guy in in Korea to be like in the military. <laughs> I don't want to exempt that guy. Well, I was curious, uh, like, sort of what the other side of it was. Is like, what are the existing exemptions, and like, what what have people done to avoid this in the past? Because, so I looked into it a little bit, and like, draft evasion, obviously, it's a, it's a, like you said, it's a law, so there's a, there's a crime associated with it, and just like our country, uh, people who feel like they deserve special treatment have gone out of their way to fabricate reasons to sure. be ex- ex- exempted. Um, the most common, so I've got some statistics for you. Uh, According to a 2017 report by the Military Manpower Administration, the most common evasion tactic was extreme weight loss or gain, 37%. So starvation or just eating to the point where you're incapable of serving is one way to go. Yeah, but the 
fat porn dude would be out. He'd be, they'd be like, we can't have you in the military, dude. No. Um, so I guess if you're a South Korean looking to evade military service, you can start a fat guy only fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and to wrap this up, followed by, followed by fabrication of mental illness at 24%. And then one I didn't understand, deliberate full body tattoos, 20%. So somehow there's some, I don't know if it's a, you know, decorum issue, but if really, if you get like full on full body tattoos, you don't have to serve. And I don't understand how that works. Hmm. I don't have more information. Unfortunately, I didn't have time to go one level deeper on the why, why tattoos exempt you from service. <laughs> it's a, I guess difficult to say. I will have to say, I'm looking at this picture of BTS right now. And f- f- six of the seven of them have the same haircut I had in 1990, uh, 1998. Oh, it's nineties curtains. <laughs> right. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, everybody had, I didn't have curtains. I can't do that hairstyle, but I had this haircut. How come I was so cool? Everybody had this haircut. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, bring it back. Bring it back, boys. Yeah, there you have it. The BTS. I don't know. I don't have a, I don't, I don't know any of the BTS songs. I guess I, I guess I saw them do uh, Fallon once. I'm sure Uh, you know Dynamite. Everybody knows Dynamite. Everyone knows Dynamite? All right. Maybe I don't, but. You would know it if I played it for you. All right. Don't play it for me. I won't. But I also know that Blackpink is in your area. We, we, we established that. <laughs> All right. Segment number two. All right. This is the perfect, uh, the perfect uh, companion piece to last week's best quotes pre-kill. And now it's quotes after the kill. Now... I think these are the more well-known. I think these are the, I think these are the more well-known. This is the... Uh, again... James Bond and Arnold Schwarzenegger, the whole, the, the, all their franchises are based around this one thing. This is their, <laughs> this is the, this is the whole reason. It, Arnold in particular. James, James Bond. No, James Bond is the reason it exists, right? Okay. I mean, there was. Yeah, I mean, was, you think was, it, it dates back, sure. Yeah. I mean, there was 20 years of James Bond films before Arnold showed up that this is all they did. Like, yeah. <laughs> James Bond would kill somebody and just like throw off. Like a one-liner, but they did, are... you, did any of the Bond quotes make your list? Your final top five? No, mine either. Uh, yeah, nearly just... the Sean Connery. I think he got the point after shooting a guy with a harpoon gun. <laughs> that was close. That was the closest to, that it came for me. They're just so. They're just such groaners. They're such. They're such groaners. It's rough. It's they're pretty, all rough. It's it's they really are. But uh, let's just jump into it. What uh, what uh, what do you have on your what 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 was the first one on your list? Okay, but before we get to the list, I have to just a couple of honorable mentions that I just have to I have to get off my chest. Okay. Uh, first, um, both the John Matrix quotes that are in the supercut, uh, oh where is... I, I really found that I, found, I I liked like a literal description pun, um, particularly when the character who just killed somebody was answering someone else about what had just happened. I really <laughs> found that I, that really appealed to me, <laughs> but only to a point. But so to that extent, um, where. John Matrix very famously, you know, remember when I promised to kill you last? I lied. And then which right is, after that. Which is, of course, one of the great pre. Yes. Pre kill quotes. Indeed. And then he gets in the car and the woman says, well, what'd you do with Sully? He's like, I let him go. <laughs> right? Like he dropped him off the cliff. I love that kind of stuff. That's yeah. ideal. Um, 
let off some steam Bennett from the same movie. That's, that's just one that sure. stuck with me my whole life. And especially cause Bennett, like, why is the bad guy like not in shape? That always bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's wearing this mesh shirt the whole time. And he's not, he didn't look like he worked out for the role at all. Uh, and then also, also Arnold as Dutch in predator with the giant knife through the chest, pinning the guy to the bullet, he's sticking around. I, I just had to, I had to mention these because they didn't make my list and they're just, but they feel part of me. They feel like they're part of me, who I am as a person. Right, right. And the other, and the other Matrix one, the John Matrix one, was like, you have to pardon my friend, he's dead tired. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, when he breaks the guy's neck in the airplane. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was going to say also, before we get to our top five, I think the best one, um, maybe not for pun joke reasons, but the most indelible one to this point is probably Are You Not Entertained? Right after Russell Crowe kills a bunch of gladiators, yeah. and people still say it for basically anything. Right. Yeah. So I had to I had to mention those before we get to the list. Sounds good. Sounds good. You know you know which one didn't make the list that maybe and I can't recall it right now, which is obviously great podcasting. But it's um what is Brad Pitt in Troy says something very similar after he like strolls through and kills that dude with one shot, like when Achilles like rolls in and he basically is he basically gives you a are you not entertained type of thing i i can't say that i recall but it's, if i find it's it that me- it's that memorable <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but he does he, he does quip some sort of he does quip some sort of line there after he just achilles strolls in one one shots that dude then walks past him and then sort of gives him a are you not entertained well, if I'm able to figure it out before, after we're done here, before the show releases, you'll have just heard it. Or maybe right now. Is there no one else? Is there no one else? <laughs> so anyway, my number five is uh, Kevin Costner as Elliot Ness in The Untouchables. This goes back to my theme um, where he throws Frank Nitty off the building. And he, la- you know, he lands through the car. Uh, well, let's hear it. Mr. Ness. Mr. Ness, you doing okay? I think you better see this. Get out of Nitty's coat. Where is Nitty? He's in the car. All right. So, you know, again, he gets asked, where's Nitty? He's in the car. I'm just telling you. I, I don't need to elaborate on what else occurred. He's it's very clever. It's very clever. And, you know, the Untouchables, like, isn't that winky wink. It's not a winky wink thing. Like, with no. Arnold. Like, Arnold, the whole point of the whole killing people in Arnold Schwarzenegger movies is so he can say something. Like, that one sort of is kind of a, just a clever one-off. Kind of a, kind of a clever throwaway. Yeah, well, I mean, Connery expects him to bring Nitty back down, right? <laughs> After he interrogates him. Place in the car, right? All right, my uh, my lead off is um, uh, Bruce Campbell in Army of Darkness. <laughs> Good, bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Good, bad. I'm the guy with the gun, right? It's it's a uh, I've used that many times. That that whole movie is full of, like, the whole, in fact, the whole franchise is just full of Bruce Campbell being hilarious after killing stuff. 
Yeah, the, the quotes that stick with me from Army of Darkness have more to do with the like Klaatu Barada necktie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Just trying to squeak it by. Right. All right, number four, uh, Arnold as Douglas Quaid in Total Recall. See you at the party, Richter. I don't know what else to say about this. I think I have said this out, like out of context probably 10,000 times in my life. Uh, it's great, obviously, because right before this, Richter's sort of harassing him about becoming uh, his, his real identity, as, as they put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Co- uh, not Cohagen, but... Howdy, stranger. This is Hauser. But, uh, and then he's talking about going to the, you know, the party and you're not going to remember any of this. And it's just a great comeback. I'm going to kill you. And then it's the way he, I think it's also the way that he kills him. Right. So the elevator's coming down and he's hanging off the side of the, or he, they're going up rather. And the right. elevator's reaching the end of the shaft and the shaft shears his arms off. <laughs> then he screams at him and then throws his arms at him, which I think <laughs> is, is great. It's a tremendous, that's a, I also have a total recall quote. Okay. Well, is, I do too. Which is the uh, which is that's my number one. Oh, that's your number one. Oh, it's my number one. <laughs> You're gonna do it now. I said, we save it. Can we save it? Is Let's it your what it. number? Is it Let's your number four? It. it was. It was. Uh, no, I'll, we'll save it. Okay. I have. I have another. I have. A, I have a different number one. We'll save that one since it's your number one. I won't. All right. We won't take it. I'll go with this one. It's um, it's unforgiven. Okay. And Hackman and Eastwood, you know, just having a little having a little to do. You better clear out of there. Yes, sir. Just hold it right there. Hold it! Well, sir, you were a cowardly son of a bitch. You just shot an unarmed man. Well, he should have armed himself. Again, Eastwood. Eastwood just. I mean, this is this is the, the sort of the culmination of the whole film where. Where finally, you know, Eastwood's had enough. Yeah. And he's and William Money just walks into that bar and just starts gunning people down. And Hackman, who's supposed to be obviously this this great lawman gunfighter, just is shitting his pants. It's such a it, it's such a great piece of acting by everybody involved. I mean, I love Unforgiven. I think it's a terrific movie. It's one of the yeah. It, it, I love this one too. It's but it's also it's a riff on. Uh, it, we're actually, <laughs> I guess it's not a riff on this. Uh, that's what uh, the Happy Gilmore scene always reminds me of when he hits the ball and, and the, hits that guy in, in front of his porch. He's like, oh, you hit that guy. We shouldn't have been standing there. <laughs> right. like it's, that, it's, it's, in that, it's in that realm, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right, number three for me is uh, Charles Dance's Benedict in The Last Action Hero, where he crosses over to the real world and murders somebody. So this is obviously great because it's 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 very much he's in real world New York after being in a movie where you know the cops show up immediately when there's gunplay in the in his in his world, and in this particular situation he's 
committed a murder on the street and is actually trying to call attention to himself to see if anyone will, you know, react. And then he does a great Charles dance face and sort of strides off scene. And it's just, uh, it's one of my favorite moments of this whole movie. And we obviously talked about my love for it before. And I, I had to include it for that reason. Charles dance may now be the king of the, Hey, it's that guys. I, I think that, I think that a number of people know who Charles dance is, but maybe not know his name, mm-hmm. but he's been working hard like all these years, I mean, from the golden child and all these other kind of like, he gets good roles and he makes the most of them. And obviously game of Thrones kind of, you know, really pushed him forward where people now that's like, and then he's in the Godzilla movie and he's terrific. And he's just always himself. He's just always Charles dance. And that's enough. Yeah. Tywin Lannister at all times. <laughs> he's, he's, just, <laughs> he's great, but he might be the king of the hay. It's that guys right now. I think uh, that might be it. All right, my uh, my next one is uh, Taron Egerton in Kingsman. What's up, man? It's the part where you say something really bad, huh? It's like you said to Harry. This ain't that kind of movie, bruv. Perfect. And the reason I love this particular quote so much is because I'd like to be the kind of person who says bruv. You but can do it right I now. Can't. No, I can't. I can't be like, it ain't that kind of movie, bruv. I mean, because I don't have, it's, you have to have the right English, you have to be from the right English neighborhood, right? To say bruv. I don't know. We have a mutual friend who works it in every now and then and he doesn't have any English accent. Mm, I don't know. I'd say that's <laughs> illegal use of the bruv. You gotta have, it's like bruh. Like bruh. Like, you know, like, I can't say bruh. You know? Again, like, you bra. can. <laughs> like, I, you know, I look maybe Hawaiian enough to be able to walk, work in a bra somewhere but sure no it just doesn't it doesn't land it doesn't land for me no i only do the bra as a a, a expression of incredulity (laughs) but i don't do any of the bro i'd like to be able to do a good hulk hogan brother and like mean it (laughs) yeah but i can't do that either i mean I, i that whole that whole piece of the language is lost to me like i can't call anybody bro or brother, or bruv, or bra. It just doesn't work for me. None of it. I use bro a lot with my kids. And again, it's almost incredulous. <laughs> right. Like, it's just, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> <laughs> right. But it doesn't, yeah, again, it doesn't land for me, but bruv is my favorite form of the of the brother. And, uh, and obviously Edgerton has it down pat. Uh, sure. I, that doesn't make my list for a number of reasons, but <laughs> you, your list is your list. <laughs> All right, uh, getting close to the end here. Um, my number two is unexpected, I think. Christian Slater is cuffs in cuffs. The 12 gauge pump, boys. It's only got three shots. You can't get us all. Well, now we know he can add and he can subtract, so who wants to be next here? So another great call and response one where the bad guys are, can't shoot us all. Right. And, and that's a you know classic bad guy. You're okay. Now you're getting shot. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but to come up with a line, like, you know, it's, it's just the wittiest possible response to that, that situation. And, uh, you, cause you have to put together multiple parts. Um, we've got, we've got math references. Um, he puts his Christian Slater spin on it where, you know, he, he adds like the, uh, at the end of like, who wants to be next? It's who wants to be next here. Like it's very, all Christian Slater being a smartass all the time, which is why Cuffs is one of the most underrated movies of the 90s. Underrated movies of the 90s? Wow. 
I loved cuffs. Yeah, I think Christian Slater's career just didn't work out the way it should have, to be honest with you. I don't know what he did. I don't know how many people he must have pissed off or just was an asshole to everybody. But when Christian Slater, like the Christian Slater heyday is amazing. You would think after True Romance, he would have really taken off and it just didn't happen. Yeah, just didn't just didn't work out for him. But those young Christian Slater movies, like starting with like Heathers and like all the way probably through True Romance, there's probably seven or eight movies in there. They're all really pretty good. Uh, you don't like Better Roses? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Actually, my favorite, my number one. Since since yeah since we shared one and it's your number one yes I'm into my number one now a okay. little bit late um, a little bit early but um, mine's not included in the clip okay I had to I I was looking I was waiting for it to come around and it's uh, Jack Earl Haley in uh, Watchmen Hey Roshak hey, you're pretty famous right <laughs> hey, you know what. I'm pretty famous too. Ain't that right? That's right. You know, maybe I can give you an autograph, huh? What you say, big boy? None of you seem to understand. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. And I love this because I tell this to my kids all the time. It's And I tell them, I say, you don't understand. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. And that's usually <laughs> when the tickle fight starts. That's usually when I, that's usually when pillow fights start and those kinds of things. That's generally when the rough housing begins around here at the Villasenor house. <laughs> So I just threaten my kids by looking at them for a little while until they realize I'm looking at them. And they're like, what? And I'm like, I'm thinking about tickling you. <laughs> I just, Don't do it. I just give them the one finger. They, they know. They like the, you know, the claw, the claw. Yeah, it's I like, know the claw. The second the, second the claw comes out, they, they, go, they, they scatter. They scatter. Whatever they're doing, they stop doing and they run. Because they know. Shit's about to go down. All right. Well, my number one is uh, obviously Major List, um, also from Total Recall. Again, we've got Arnold Schwarzenegger as Douglas Quaid arguing with his wife, Sharon Stone, and uh, a memorable end to the argument. Doug. Honey, you wouldn't hurt me, would you, sweetheart? Sweetheart, be reasonable. After all, we're married. Consider that a divorce. So I quoted that during my uh, my appearance on the the Podtoberfest when we did the movie hour. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, movies turning thirty on uh, the you know, Seven Days Geek there, and I did the voice and everything. And I I, I I wish there was a you know a way to use that more often. Work that in. It's very specific, but it's just of all the Arnold post kill lines to me that one is just perfect yeah it's it's a perfect reaction to the way she has been acting toward him the way she's been speaking to him right and i mean i don't want to do too much soul searching on like why i might like that so much it does date back to like me being much younger and unmarried so i don't want to, it's not, it's not really it's my <laughs> my current situation but i definitely think there's there's some weird kind of 
thing it's plugging into with regard to, you know, getting being frustrated about being henpecked about things. Right. Yeah. No, it's just and again, it's and and God bless Sharon Stone because she, because her character like she worked this right into the fact that we just couldn't wait for her to get shot. Yeah. <laughs> like, like she was she's tremendous in that movie. I mean, she's the she's she, great. She's great. And uh and yeah, when, when he shoots her like everyone's just like, "Yes. Thank God." <laughs> so good and quite the punctuation for sure all right well that was movies uh or post kill top five post kill one-liners from us too yeah well i hope you enjoyed that i like i really like that i like i like going through these films again just sort of just picking up like oh yes oh that film i should watch that one again yes or i will never watch that one again you know there's there's some of that in there (laughs) there's some of that in there too so i hope you enjoyed that on to segment three all right. In segment three, we're we're gonna we're gonna embrace the big data around uh, the COVID these days. So um, we'll post a link to it. But there's a COVID risk assessor. Now, the joke that everybody's been making, including myself, is that at this point you can't eat inside. You can only eat inside if the inside is outside. Yeah. This is <laughs> this is the. There's some pictures of like stuff in New York, and it's like that's just a building. <laughs> You just built a new building on the street. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. There's no indoor dining. Unless, of course, we put the... Unless we build a tent. I don't know. With heat and service and we sit next to each other. I, it's... Yeah. It's hilariously ridiculous to me. Yes. I'm mildly uncomfortable because we're sort of outside. Right. Yeah. You might as well just sit inside and, and, and chance it. But the... But if you're going to do it, you might as well just go all the way, but the uh, but it was interesting. I think this uh, the COVID risk assessor. Um, I thought it was interesting because it gave you this uh, an opportunity to sort of um, combine a couple of things, like how much, how many cases of COVID in your in your are being reported in your area. Yeah, so and, it takes the, every country or every it's global, but in our in our country, it's it's the, the counties by county. Mm-hmm. And then it takes the it asks you to select how many people are going to be at your event, and then based on the number of cases, it pumps out the percentage that one of the people in your party is going to have COVID. Right. So I mean, so I looked at, I thought, hey, why don't I just take a peek at um, something that I thought was um, possible. Okay. Right? And that would have been um, like twenty people. Mm-hmm. Let's say twenty. Let's say you get. Let's say someone's having a birthday party, and they invite twenty people. I thought that was a. I thought that was a pretty, uh, pretty interesting thing. And then, um, and then I just and you look at it, and it it doesn't seem so bad. <laughs> One in four is pretty fucking high. Well, twenty five percent chance that someone at a twenty person gathering has COVID. That's pretty high. Yeah, but. <laughs> It's not though. If you consider like now, now, now here, you have to take in more into account than you have to take something more into account than the one person. So let's say the one person has COVID. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let's say you're outside. Let's say, so now let's 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 say let's say, let's make sure it's in the best sort of environment. Like let's say you're outside, and okay. you're gonna wear a mask for, unless you're drinking your beer. You know. 
And you're and you're good about like keeping your distance from people. Okay, well, you're probably fine then. But that's going to be the case even if it's like a hundred percent chance that somebody has COVID. It's different though. Now, even if you did something like that, but then you like doubled or tripled the like maybe now it's fifty people or a hundred people. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I become less comfortable. I would imagine <laughs> in that kind of environment. I mean, if you have a hundred people, now you're talking about like nearly an eighty percent chance that someone in that group has COVID. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's Which a, is wild to think about that essentially one in 10 of the population now has COVID. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's yes. Almost a universal certainty. Once you get past, you know, once you get past, um, you know, once you're into that, it's, it's not incremental enough for me to get into it, but if you get to 500 people, you're definitely having a, a guaranteed spreading event. Yeah. Yeah, so there, so it produces this cool graph too with the with the uh, the sort of dinner party like two percent chance like there's a if you look at uh, there's this um, the graph gives you like if as as number of circulating cases rises obviously that your your chance of crossing a COVID person goes up, right? But you know so there's a sort of a low and a high, but at this point in uh, you know in King County. Like once you get, you know, once you get up past, you know, fifty people. So I mean, if I mean, and then you think about the grocery store. Like mm-hmm. for sure, someone in the grocery store has COVID. You can almost count. God, you can almost count funny. on it. You can almost count on it, right? Sure. Like a hundred people. Like, yeah. You can almost. I mean, your chances are somewhere. You know, considering our circulating cases, somewhere. Well, certainly north of fifty percent. So you're right. you're you're definitely you're definitely worse than a coin flip chance of of certainly somebody in there having COVID in some way shape yeah. or form. I mean, even if you're even only I think the thing that stru- struck out most to me or stuck out most to me rather rather was that even that right now because the case loads are so high, um, the chances of you having someone in a party of ten is still like thirteen percent. Yeah, that's really high for that small of a group. Yeah. Um, and that goes back to the one in 10, right. That we talked about before, but even if you go down to like six people, so you have a couple, a couple's dinner, Mm -hmm. three couples, 3% chance, 3% chance. I mean, I'd I'd roll with a 3% chance. You would? Oh, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) If someone was having a, an outdoor couples and it was three couples and there was food and drinks and, and no mask wearing and, medium social distancing like not like like just regular like regular dinner party social distancing with six people i would do it no i'm not doing it the the reality is here's the thing is i I don't i have spent this much time not doing it Mm -hmm. and now i feel like there really is some light at the end of the tunnel yeah um on it from the vaccine front I'm not going to now be like, well, we're close, so I'm just going to start screwing no, around. Like, what? Well, I don't think 3% is screwing around. I think 3% is well within my 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 level of tolerance. I don't even have dinner with other people that badly. <laughs> like, it's fine. No. I like, I'll see you next year. I like it. It'll be fine. I'll see you then. I, like I just hang out with a friend that I hadn't seen in six or seven years, and it was just like it was yesterday. So clearly, I don't need to spend time with the people I care about right. to enjoy their company. Well, you played some golf. That's outside, and I am like indoor uh, dinner. Very party. diligent. Indoor dinner party might be a little bit different. 
I would. Do I was a, playing I, golf. I would do a back. I would do a backyard barbecue for sure. Hundred percent. Yes. Chance. Okay. Yes. But like sit down inside someone's house around a dinner table, I probably would. It would. It would tickle the back of my brain, but I probably would. Depending upon who it was, I'd probably do it. I would do a backyard barbecue and not eat anything that you gave me and bring my own beer. That's what I would do. I'm not. I'm not having any outside food or drink. Okay. <laughs> Only things in my control. I. You know, I've been pretty militant about it, and probably more than more than most. And I just, I have no desire to fuck with any of the long term potential detriments of this disease. And like I said, I put my time in. Mm-hmm. You mentioned golf, I, but I'm like diligent on the golf course. Yeah. I, I walk away from people who are walking towards me. Uh, the other day playing golf and a buddy of mine not thinking sort of started to talk to me quietly somebody else was getting ready to hit and i had my driver in my hand i reached out and hit and put it in his chest like the the handle like what do you that's close enough (laughs) i don't need to hear whatever it is you're going to tell me we can talk in a minute after when you are 10 feet away from me (laughs) all right so i was thinking about this let's say there's a, a local 500 person event space and you had a chance, like what band would have to play there for you to, to see? Like say it was free tickets, you got invited. There's no act, there's no band in the whole world. There's no act that you would, that you would attend this, this free 500 person event with. There's indoor, no, outdoor. Indoor. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> outdoor, no. I mean, no. Just no, I'm not going to go gather in any kind of a group situation at all. Like, like, I see how people handle these masks. They can't take it. Like they, like their nose band. hanging out. Like your they, favorite band. No. Even with the mask no. on. There is no, there is zero <laughs> entertainment situation that I'm willing to risk this for. Even for, even if it was 20 people, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go to it like a intimate, invitation only, like outdoor 20 people. No, I'm not doing any of that. Even There's just your, no reason. It's just not worth it. So even if it was your favorite, favorite act. No, I, my paranoia extends to beyond the vaccine, man. Like <laughs> the, the thing is, like, be, oh, vaccine, everything's fine. It's like, first of all, I saw a, po- a poll that Como News posted. Como News, by the way, a local station that is owned by Sinclair Media. If you know anything <laughs> about gonna, what that means. I was going to say, it's like, why are you, why are you, why are you of all people traversing the, the, uh, the como for anything i need to understand how the opposition's message is being laundered to the normals <laughs> <laughs> so okay. i need to know what they're doing because they got bad for a while and it seems like maybe they've reined it in um but they put out a poll and when i looked at it, it was 50 50 yes or no i'm gonna get the vaccine and i'm like fuck we're screwed and then you like the third reply is you people are going to be put to death after your tribunal for, tre- for treason and i'm like you don't even understand but this is the the station that's on your side, um, so you know it's it's going to be rough sledding out there, and, and and it's one thing for me to walk around and be like, hey, I'm vaccinated for measles, mumps, rubella, and and uh, well, there are people there's there's a there's a hefty amount of people who won't vaccinate for the regular stuff. I understand, and why my point though about that is that it you feel fine, you know, with these deadly diseases that still exist, um, because you're vaccinated, but that's mostly because there aren't you know three million people walking around with rubella that I have to like also avoid. So there's an aspect of getting vaccinated, but then still being out in a world riddled with COVID and none of us know how that works. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I understand the vaccination 
efficacy is at 95%, which means they're infecting you to try to see if the vaccine works. Yeah, so they, they're, they're, I mean, that's how vaccines work, right? They're, they're just trying yes. to stimulate a immune response. Well, that's the myth about you get sick from the vaccine. It's no, it's stimulating your immune system and symptoms are part of that. And so people are like, well, you get sick. And it's like, yes, you might feel not great. You might feel for the first slightly 20... symptomatic in the first right, couple which of is days. The, which, is just... which is what's, that's working. <laughs> That's, that means the vaccine's working. It's not live. You're not getting the virus anyway. Right. I don't. I'm not changing anybody's mind here on the two on three pod <laughs> about whether or not they're going to vaccinate. But hey, I mean, the sooner that hurt, like herd immunity, as a natural concept, is a myth. Um, you have to be immune to it to to, to actually get that to, to right. stop the transmission, uh, and it happens because of vaccinations, not it, not 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 because of them. And the natural the natural course of any virus like this is that it gets weaker over time. I mean, this is the common cold, right? The common cold used to kill people. But the thing about viruses is when a virus kills somebody, it doesn't spread. So right. the more successful viruses are weaker viruses. The, the, right. the more proliferation, they proliferate better when they're mild. So right. We've well, talked about this yeah. a little bit, but and over time, that's what makes over, it so insidious. Right. And over time, w- people will get this and it won't kill them. They'll just feel shitty and it'll be fine. But it's like the common cold. It's a similar thing. We get a cold, we get sniffles, we kind of feel terrible, and then we just get over it. And this, in, in time, this also, until we get the next one. <laughs> but it also creates a whole generation of disabled people. Um, like I did some reading about the Spanish flu, and like there was a point with the Spanish flu and the after effects in the years afterwards that if you were a certain, um, if you had a certain kind of organ failure, like in your in your middle age, your doctor was able to pinpoint to the month when your mother had been sick with the Spanish flu while either while you were pregnant or like right before, I forget exactly what the circumstances are, but basically like if you as a generation child, a child of someone who had the Spanish flu have organ failure down the line, it is because your mother had it while you were like forming in the womb. Right. And mumps does that too. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of things that will mess you up. Um, if your mother gets it while she's carrying you. (laughs) Sure. Anyway, but hopefully Hopefully everybody's getting this figured out. I mean, again, we'll just we'll just have to see. This is the this is, you know this is the whole humanity as a team sport thing, yeah. which is which becomes, you know, sometimes you're you know sometimes you're on a team with some not so very good people. <laughs> I tweeted quite some time ago. Maybe rugged individualism was a bad choice. <laughs> there's <laughs> there's a there's certainly a time and place for rugged individualism. This yeah. this 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 one might not be it. No, I love the the lead on this um, COVID dining article that you sent me, though. The very first sentence, the effort to get the COVID-19 pandemic under control is not going at all well. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Seattle Times food writer. Fantastic. Yeah, but the whole thing, like, would you eat in this igloo? Not with other people. With the waiter who comes in and gives you your food. Leave it outside, bro. (laughs) Leave it outside. (laughs) Just leave it on the doorstep. Again, no, I'm not going to go here. There's no reason. Why would I do this? This is this is the problem with eating out, and because eating out is never entirely about food, right? No, it's about it's having it's, an experience. It's having about it's about having experience, right? You mm-hmm. want to have, you want to you want to have nice service. You want to have all these things that go along with eating out. If they, if someone just drops food at like a table five feet away from you, I have to get up and get it. I, mean, I just eat at home, right? I'll just get takeout. There's just no, there's just really no point in that. And I mean, especially since I've had to go to a, you know, an allergy limited diet, um, there's nothing out in the world 
that I couldn't make at home that's at least a reasonable facsimile. Like that I, that I could still enjoy. There's nothing I feel so passionate about that I need to go eat this. Right. Um, and most of the things that I would go get that are more are things that I can't make are things I can get with, uh, you know, with takeaway. And I'll just do that. Right. If, like, if that's the yeah, case. Exactly. Sometimes you just don't want to cook. I mean, that's just, right. I mean, that's the, again, we're preaching to the choir here, but like the hardest, one of the hardest parts about this whole quarantine thing is cooking every meal for everybody all the time. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you little kids. Like, my kids are old enough to where they can like, there are half a dozen things that they can just make for themselves. Sure. And you just, some days you're just like, just go make it yourself. Whatever you want to eat, just whatever you find, make it, eat it and leave me alone. Yep. But, uh, yeah, but you're I not, can't you're do not, any of that. You're not, <laughs> you're not in fact, I have to find time to make a meal in the middle of the day <laughs> for two children. So that's fantastic. Turkey sandwich? This is a very privileged bitching, Tur- by the way. Turkey sandwich? Doing. Some people are food insecure. Yeah. I, 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 I don't. The sandwich is more labor than I'm interested in in the middle of the day. I'll tell you what. <laughs> All right. All right. You know what time this is. Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! Ready. <laughs> Dad jokes of the week. Woo! Just about done. <laughs> I almost didn't want to tell this one. Knock, knock. Who's there? Ice cream. Ice cream who? Ice cream right now if you don't let me in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why didn't Noah do much fishing on the ark? He only had two worms. <laughs> <laughs> we don't really Noah's Ark doesn't really cover the rest of the insects and reptiles. Just mammalian. Just it's all just like high end mammal traffic and birds. God. <laughs> Always with the classism. <laughs> this is ridiculous. The price of helium balloons is twice what it was last year. Well, that's inflation for you. There we have it. My math teacher says, without geometry, life is pointless. Without Euclidean geometry? Without is that cur- where you find the clit? <laughs> <laughs> where you have to get out a, where you have to get out a, a, a compass <laughs> and a protractor to find it? Some guys, man. <laughs> you know, they make anatomy books, gentlemen. Uh, my friend drowned in a bowl of muesli. A strong current pulled him in. Ooh. Oh, we've got old people breakfast jokes. <laughs> Fucking muesli. A book just fell on my head. I've only got my shelf to blame. Mm. Can, you, can, you, can you read that one? As, oh, you got to read that one as, as Sean Connery. <laughs> I don't know that I can. I was, I was, the joke I was going to make was that what this joke brought to you by Sean Connery. <laughs> this book fell on my head. I only have my shelf to blame. There you go. Perfect. Well done. Thank you. And finally... This year, I am only celebrating my birthday for half a minute because it's my 32nd birthday. Man, you I wish I had heard this joke 10 years ago. That's really, uh, that's solid. That's a good one. Yeah, but it would have been really fun to harass people with. Like, oh, man, this is a tough birthday. You can only celebrate for one half a minute. Yeah. Why? It's your 32nd birthday. Right. All right, here's my joke. What do you got for us? Uh, yeah. I asked this girl to meet me at the gym, but she stood me up. I guess we're not going to work out. All right. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no, we're not. I don't know. Don't go on workout dates. Would you? Would you work out? Would you go on a workout date? 
I have done that before. Is it any good? <laughs> Don't you get like yeah. gross and sweaty and like? I mean, I guess it's fine. But you don't when get... you're already fit, it's a good scene for you. <laughs> That's right. I guess. Yeah. I guess if you have like pecs and abs and whatnot and whatever, it's uh, yeah. It's just like when I used to change my shirt after soccer, like lingering, <laughs> yeah, like, taking my time, getting out of this sweaty, sweaty jersey. Yeah. That's a see, ladies. Ladies, did you see this? Ladies, what's up? <laughs> well, that's a that's a sort of a, a big guys don't linger. We just we just we just put on a sweatshirt over our sweaty shirt and just yeah. <laughs> just live with it. I wouldn't like hit on anyone at the gym, but I have no qualms about taking a girl to the gym. Yeah, yeah. Right. If that's what you if she's down, if she wants to do it. It's like, like sure, let's hey, go. I'm going for a workout. It's like oh, I'll go. It's like okay, come along. But you know, yeah, talk to them and stuff. I'm like. Like, don't you just go about your business? Yeah, but I mean... Don't you, like, want to go about your business at the gym, like, and not have to, like, converse? Or do you just sort of just do the, just do the gun, give her the gun show, and give her the... Yeah, give her the, spot the, me, Leah. Spot. spot me on this bench. <laughs> Three plates on the bench. You guys spot me. Yeah. No. I mean, you definitely got to keep it in your absolute um, wheelhouse. <laughs> Don't do anything like outside. The, like, don't try to do anything that you don't normally do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, just go perform at, you know, 80, 80, 80 to 90 percent across the board on all the stuff that you know that you can do. And, and you have a successful gym date. <laughs> all right. Oh, overtime. Overtime. I was hung up on that. I was just hung up on like this date, <laughs> this gym date thing. And I was like, oh, oh we have to do overtime. Uh, yes, we do. Um, speaking of the gym, speaking of the gym, big, it was a big boxing weekend and I love boxing. I, I really do. I think when boxing is good, boxing is, as entertainment is, is, I think it's much more entertaining than, than MMA. When boxing is the best boxing is better than the best MMA. As far as I'm concerned, that's just, and that might just be me, but I think there's something. MMA, well, like most fighting, it's about styles, right? Like it's not fun to watch Floyd Mayweather pepper people with jabs and run away. No, but but if you watch like old Ali fights, like there's nothing more entertaining than that. That that that's, but in terms of combat sports, it's amazing. And boxing did had a had a had a good weekend. They 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 trotted the old guys out. Depending on who you ask. Well, they, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting to that. <laughs> they trotted the old guys out. Um, Roy Jones Jr. and and uh, and Mike Tyson. And Roy Jones Jr. and his moves, <laughs> and, and granted, they're just trying to entertain, and and I think they did a really good job. They gave us sort of what we wanted. I, no one wanted to see anyone get hurt. Uh, well, no one wanted to see Roy Jones Jr. get really hurt. <laughs> and Mike Tyson, it was concerning for sure. And Mike Tyson sort of touched him up a little bit, but he he did not have any intention of knocking Roy Jones Jr.'s block off. I mean, and I think he could have. You think? I think he could have. I mean, he, some of those body shots were pretty well jarring. I, they look, and then you could see Roy like going, "Okay, no, 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 I don't want any of this smoke. Like, I want none. <laughs> I want none of it." They and, also both look gassed after like one and a half rounds. Wow, well, uh, boxing is difficult. But the um, <laughs> but it so it, so the first question I have was, do you think Mike Tyson could fight in the regular in the regular ring with 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 fighter like top fighters it's been 34 years since mike first became champion something like that yeah 
He's 50. Like, I remember, he's 54. Yeah. Somebody said, yeah. So it's been 34 plus years. He was 19 when he first got the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw somebody say that Mike Tyson's championship, like, his boxing career is too old to be fighting. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. His retirement is too old, actually, yeah. to be fighting. But I don't know. It would be interesting. I wonder if it's enough to get him into the ring with, with maybe not the championship tier guys. Because those guys are those guys would brutalize him, like he'd get. I, I don't. I think he's also very small, and yeah. heavyweight boxing has become a land of giants. Yeah, it's like all those guys are like six six, six seven, <laughs> huge people. Yeah, right. monster people. All right. What about uh, Tyson saying that he had smoked a J before <laughs> the fight started? Was that shocking at all to anyone? Did anyone? I, I I before a fight? Yeah, I mean, like that's where you're like, maybe this isn't the time. <laughs> Maybe the trainer should intervene. Hey, Mike, no, don't like that. Uh, wait, what can you tell Mike? I bet you know. Anyway, no. But the but the real the real match the real boxing match that happened was between YouTuber, heinous YouTuber, <laughs> Jake Paul, one of the world's most despicable people, <laughs> versus much beloved UW Husky Nate Robinson. Oh, no. a sad day for dog fans. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was rough, and 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 it proves basically, in, in at least in terms of boxing, I don't care how tough you are in the streets. Like boxing is a sport. It has yeah. technique. It has there there are things that people train specifically to box effectively. Yeah. And Jake Paul, um, obviously has been spending time trying to craft. A boxing career, yeah. And <laughs> I thought he killed him. I thought he killed. I thought Nate Robinson died. It, it looks bad. Like I thought, oh my god, he is so hurt. Like he is ambulance. He's like get an ambulance hurt. And uh, it was brutal. And and that's the that's part of the magic of boxing. Like every now and again, somebody just gets smoked and goes out. Yeah, and it's frightening. And I can't imagine how. The magic of boxing. It is. The, I mean, it is the magic of boxing. I mean, it's it's you you zig when you should zag, and some guy puts your lights out. It's uh, but so now riding on that, Jake Paul is like, I'm ready to do some fighting. So he's calling out some people. I I would I would do the pay per view for a, a, a Jake Paul Conor McGregor match. Because you want to see Jake Paul get knocked out? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or, I mean, I think everybody wants to see that. Or or, or maybe he gives McGregor a fight. Because McGregor, McGregor is obviously, you know, he was obviously a great MMA fighter. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he had. I, he, again, he fought Mayweather, so it might not be a, might not be a fair test to say that he, I didn't think he looked very good. Right. But, but I, I would definitely throw the $50 down to see... Um, or at least I would wait till the YouTube replay came out five minutes after the <laughs> after the pay per view ended to watch. The, I would make time to watch the uh, the uh, the Jake Paul Conor McGregor match for sure. I definitely didn't watch any of this stuff this weekend. I basically watched it by proxy because everybody was you know tweeting about it. I don't forget I was watching um, something else and I wasn't going to pay for this. Oh, I didn't. Uh, pay. I can't believe that it got a million pay per view buys. Um. But the bottom line is that Jake Paul would get his ass kicked by any professional fighter of similar like reach and weight class. 
Yeah, he's 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 gonna carve out now, and I think boxing kind of needs this, but there needs to be a pseudo celebrity tier of boxing, and I think okay. it just I think it just started. <laughs> I think we <laughs> I think we've seen the very first piece of this, and I think you're gonna see a lot of like pseudo celebrities in his range, like like young twenties guys who have marginal fame given social media status like youtubers or instagram influencers or whatever it's like get them into the boxing game now and let's see them fight because i think i think this is where i think there's a lot of good money to be made here too bad like bieber's a little too old for this now because i because you know how there was a whole bieber wanted to fight he wanted to box yeah, I saw his basketball videos. <laughs> <laughs> but he did. He wanted to box. And it's like, shit, I think he's too old now, which is too he's bad. He's like 26. I mean, Jake Paul's probably the right. I mean, we need this level of, we need that level of fame person. Like, and I don't know, I don't know who else lives in that pool because I don't really, I don't really know the landscape very well. But there's got to be at least a couple of, well, there's got to be some sporting guys, right? There's got to be some athletes like like a Nate Robinson but again they don't want to get they don't want to get embarrassed now so they they might take this seriously like i don't think Nate Robinson took this seriously i think well, he thought i'm a tough guy i could i scrap yeah. i scrapped i've i grew up scrappy i get that um but i think there's probably some some former athletes some maybe retired too young kind of athletes who are ready to strap on some gloves you might know their names i'm i'm i'm, I'm in for this I'm I'm totally yeah, jacked. and I think boxing is the right arena for that because you don't want to fight between two people who can't fight, right? That's terrible right. to watch, right? And you definitely don't want like a because that just ends up on the ground with with hair pulling and, and whatever else. Yeah. And boxing, where like you have to stand up and and strike, mm-hmm. that's the right kind of uh, situation for that. Now, I, I, how do you feel about like Evander Kane, who plays for the Sharks, San Jose Sharks, okay, NHL player? Like said, like right off the bat, like maybe I should take Jake Paul next. And basically has been talking shit ever since. Get like four days. Glove up. Glove up, my man. I agree. I mean, this man's making millions of dollars. It's not a good call. Well, this is this is what I'm saying. This is the this is exactly the kind of conversations we need to be starting at this level of boxing. Because it's gonna be wildly popular. And of course hockey fans would love to see a hockey player who has probably knocked someone's teeth out. Like box someone like Jake Ball. And Jake Paul's the kind of person who will take all comers. I'm sure he's like totally down for it. And I think it's great. <laughs> I, I I get giddy at the uh, at the thought of it. So I hope it. Well, Jake Paul said he put his two a uh, quarter million dollars of his own money in the purse for a fight against Evander Kane. And that's exactly again that he's exactly the right guy at the right time to get this thing going. And I think his brother, who's also heinous, yes, um, Logan. Uh, I think he also is fighting. So I think they're, uh, I think the Paul brothers, like a double card with the Paul brothers. Uh, this is, I mean, I just, like I said, I just get giddy thinking about it. I just, I can't wait. I mean, I want it to explode. <laughs> well, I'm glad I got you so excited. I know. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Well, that's our show for this week. And our thanks to all of you for listening to the two on three pod where we're still, we hope you're staying safe, staying healthy. And if you're eating outside, not doing it in a bubble. But if you don't already, please subscribe and review via your favorite podcast provider. And don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. We'll be back next week with more pop culture, life strategies, and existentialism. But until then, peace. <laughs>